You're listening to Fanholes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? George Lucas and James Cameron have reinvented motion picture film cinema once again with Terminator 2 Judgment Day in 3D Special Edition. Actor Christian Bale has been digitally, seamlessly reinserted into every scene with the Resistance hero, John Connor. And now... Fanhole's podcast is proud to present an exclusive clip from the new Terminator 2 Judgment Day Special Edition in 3D and IMAX. So T-800, you can listen to Fanhole's podcast. Affirmative. No, no, man. You can't say it like that. Affirmative. Normal people don't talk like that. You gotta be all cool. Like, hey man, we're gonna chill out and listen to Fanhole's podcast. A pop culture podcast made for the fans, by the fans. And if you're not a fan, then you're just a dickwad. Chill out and listen to Fanhole's podcast, or you're a dickwad. Now you're getting the hang of it. Skynet told me never to get into a car with a strange man. This isn't a car. This is John Connor, and you're listening to the Fanholes Resistance Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanholes. I actually have been anticipating this show for quite a while now. We're going to be doing an all-Terminator podcast, and there'll be plenty of things to talk about. Obviously, there are the... Uh, four movies that have come out in regards to Terminator, but we'll also try to delve into the Sarah Connor Chronicles television series, and then also some of the comics and video games and toys that have come out. I know some of our fans like to hear about the toys, and we don't always get a chance to delve into that, but since we're doing sort of the all-Terminator podcast, we'll try to cover everything we can from video games to toys and comics, as well as talk about the movies and so on and so forth. So anyway, uh, this is Derek, by the way, uh, Derek WC. I'm going to be doing the hosting for today. And then uh, joining me here tonight is... Hey, it's Mike. Eject, Williams! Eject! Hey, this is Grimlock. Come with me if you want to live... Do it, do it now. So, yeah, so basically we're we're all here to talk about Terminator and stuff. I, I know I've been kind of excited about it. Like, I've been reading a lot of the comics and everything like that. And I actually went out and got some of the Blu-rays because I, I actually haven't seen some of the original movies in a long time. So this was kind of a nice trip down memory lane for me. I, I definitely rewatched the the first two films 
the first two Terminator films, the James Cameron films. Um, I did buy the third one. I never got through it. Like, I, I think I watched it once in the theater and decided it was kind of stupid. <laughs> and I tried to watch it, like, this time the whole way through, like Terminator 3, like Rise of the Machines or whatever. But I only got a little way through it, and I never, I, I guess I haven't bothered to finish re-watching it that second time. But, um... I really like, I mean, I've always liked the first Terminator film. Like, I remember my dad, like, I never saw it in the theater, but it was back when we probably first got a, you know, a VHS, you know, a video player and stuff like that. And I remember my dad saying, hey, come check this out. This is going to be a cool movie, you know, and uh, we watched the VHS tape. And I was, you know, totally, totally into the movie and everything. I thought it was great. And then, of course, when Terminator 2 came out, it was a huge, big deal where, you know, the kind of, box office i think that that avengers is getting now you know where people you know went like gangbusters to see it and they went back to see it again and again because they were you know so impressed by the special effects and all that kind of stuff so you know for me like rewatching that like it is kind of revisiting like an old friend in in certain ways because a lot of the film is shot in different places locations in los angeles and then actually where i'm you know where i grew up and where i'm living now like the big scene where they blow up the you know cyberdyne building or whatever was actually in fremont california which is like you know just a city you know one of the main places where we all used to hang out when i was a kid and stuff so like like watching those it's kind of like hey i know that place or i remember that or that kind of thing like so Did, did you ever feel the urge to like go and try and destroy that place no, no, no. It was just one of those things where, where we we thought it was like super cool because we were like we were like, dude, yeah. man, we were, you know, we hang where like Terminator blew up Cyberdyne and stuff. Like we just thought it was cool. Um, and then the, you know the other thing that fascinated me was I know I guess you know with the the advent of the T one thousand, you know, it's kind of the dawning of you know CGI as you know mainstream technology. But in in sort of revisiting watching. T2 Judgment Day, you know, I was kind of looking at everything going, wow, like, I I forgot how many of the effects that they did in that movie were just straight up practical, because it was, you know, it was cost prohibitive back then, it wasn't like the whole movie was, you know, like today, where everything is CGI, you know, it's like, there were only certain specific shots that they, you know, needed to get get the shot done because you couldn't have done it any other way. So it was kind of, you know, fun for me to look at it and kind of go, oh, look at, you know, it's like, you know, seeing the hunter killer tanks and all those things, whether it was the first Terminator or even the the future scenes in the second movie, you know, all those were kind of practical, you know, they were all little models and explosions and squibs and things like that. So like that kind of stuff, I was like, I really appreciative of. I think that sort of stuff works better when it's practical. I mean, you you look at those future scenes and they all, they look gorgeous even today. And then you look at like the you know the whole movie of Salvation is set in the future, and you, you know compare those CGI effects and things to like Terminator Two. And I don't know, I like the models. I mean, issue is myself. Like the, I mean, the CGI in Salvation is pretty good, but I. I the models and miniatures just feel more real to me. 
kind of it kind of gives it like a sort of like richness or like groundedness almost. Then I like the way they sort of play with like your perspective and stuff because they were talking about how they they had all these models and you know it's like it, it, in some ways it kind of reminds me of I know people mock you know Godzilla or Ultraman or you know Japanese things where you know it's just a guy in a suit but you know the ability to play with that perspective of people you know you like it doesn't dawn on you that you know the models in Star Wars or Star Trek or Terminator. You know, those, those models, it doesn't dawn on you that, you know, maybe they're only, like, two feet big or, you know, or five inches or something, you know. But the way the lighting is set up and the way they use the smoke and the scenery and, you know, all the special effects, you know, you're thinking this tank is, you know, 100 feet tall or something. You know? Listen and understand that Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity, or remorse, or fear, and it absolutely will not stop, ever, until you are dead. Don't feel bad about, like, sleeping through most of Terminator 3. Like, when, when I saw it in theaters, um, I saw it with some friends, and, like, one of my buddies, he, he fell asleep, and, you know, whereas you didn't wake your buddy up during episode 2, like, I tried to wake him up, I'm like... You know, I'm elbowing him in his stomach. I'm like, come on, man, you, you just missed, like, Arnold wearing some funny sunglasses. Like, it was great. And he's just like, huh, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> and then he just yeah, see that, that, that reminded me, like, I had forgotten about that. And then when I saw that, I went, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was, like, trying really hard to get a laugh out of the audience. And, like, it kind of reminds me of, like, the, those, those quote-unquote funny scenes in, like, movies that what, you, you laugh at them, like, like, maybe the first time you see them. But then every time you see him after that, it's like crickets, you know, like it, it kind of yeah. reminds me of like the, the line in X-Men about, you know, what do you want us to do? Wear yellow tights or yellow spandex or whatever that line is. And like for some reason, like it's like I, I think I remember in the first time I saw it in a live theater with a bunch of people, there were some people that like laughed and chuckled and were like, get it, <laughs> you know, but it seems like every other time, like you watch it with a group of people, it's just kind of like. Cricket, cricket. You know, like it's just dead. Cause it's like, it's like, yeah, we we know that joke. We heard it already, type thing. And like, I don't know. Like, there there was that element to it. And then also, like, what I felt was weird was like watching the first two films. It's like there there's a good sense of timing and pace. You know, they set up the characters. You know, they set up like Sarah Connor or John Connor, and you know, they take their time with the setup, and then you get into an action scene, and there's a sort of logical flow to it. You know, you have a, a build-up, and then a climax, and then a denouement, and, you know, it all kind of makes sense where, you know, the, the T-1000 grabs the the semi and comes after John, and then there's a reason why he can't follow them on. But I think, like, the T-3, it was kind of, like, nonstop. Like, it seemed like one of those first early New Millennium movies where, you know, People were just, you know, they didn't want any story whatsoever where all it was was, you know, action, falls to the wall, like, all the time. And it's like, sometimes, like, when I watch that, I'm like, what are you supposed to be invested in exactly? Like, and then, you know, you kind of ask questions like, you know, that chick Terminator or whatever, what, what was she, like, the TX or whatever, yeah. right? And you're like, you're like, why? It's like... It's like she chases them nonstop for like 30 minutes of an action scene. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we ran out of money. 
Like <laughs> now she's now now she's gonna stop chasing them, and you're kind of like, why, dude? Like she was so like hell bent on pursuing them before. It's like she pulled over a semi and did all this stuff to chase them. It's like what she can't just grab another one. Like I don't, you know, it's it's almost like you can't tell me she got tired or like you know what I mean. Like it's just funny, like like that kind of aspect to it. Whereas, you know, if if you kind of watch the original movies, you're kind of like, oh, dude, like Kyle Reese just unloaded like, you know, you know, his whole entire shotgun barrel blast into the guy and knocked him through a window. It's like, and then they're like, come on, move, move, run, run. You know, and it kind of makes sense like, oh, well, yeah, the Terminator is going to keep after them no matter what, but he lost track of them for a little while. You know, they hit out, they you know, they, they manage to evade him. But, like, in some of those action scenes, it's like they have a big action scene, but it's like, how exactly did you evade her? It's like you didn't really evade her. She's sitting there staring at you menacingly, like, gosh darn it, you got away from me. And I'm like, you can't just, you know, grab another car and, you know, like, get a Maserati and go, like, you know, 120 miles an hour and catch up with them because you did it, like, 20 minutes ago. But anyway, that's just my kind of thinking on it, which is why I kind of ended up stopping watching that movie or whatever. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is I probably have a heavy appreciation for the first two movies. And I know, uh, you know, even when I was a kid, like we, we got into it pretty hardcore. Like we were trying to make home movies and different things like that. So like we were all dressed up, you know, as like, you know, the Terminator and the T-1000 and trying to chase after each other. And this was, like, before I had a driver's license. So, like, we had to have, like, my mom get into the truck and, like, drive around. And, like, we would, like, <laughs> film little shots of her driving. And then we would, like, get in the car and pretend like we were driving and, like, different things like that. And instead of it being, like, a motorcycle, it's, like, it's kind of laughable. But we were on, like, a you know, a 10-speed bike or something like that. And that was supposed to be our you know, our, our Harley Davidson or whatever it was, you know, and things like that. So. That woman was Sarah Connor. My mother. Now we know that what she predicted has all come to pass. Command wants us to fight like machines. They want us to make cold, calculated decisions. But we are not machines. And if we behave like them, then what is the point in winning? So what about salvation? Like, what do you think about salvation, Derek? Um, I, I, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it before we did the podcast, but I mean, I did watch it the one time, like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was too shabby. Like I, I kind of watched it, I guess in terms of like, uh, I guess what people would say, like as a rental or a home watch or whatever, it's like, I, I got it for my dad cause we got him a PS3 for like, you know, a new Blu-ray player or whatever. And it's like, as far as that goes to like sort of showcase those you know, that kind of movie, like a high-def movie with a bunch of action in it and stuff like that on a new TV. Like, you know, to, to me it worked out pretty well because we hadn't seen it before. Um, as far as, like, the actual storyline, like, it's weird because they, they – I guess I – I guess I was following the the TV series pretty hardcore. And so, like, it seems to be this kind of delineation between the whole three – he marries Kate Brewster and it seems like T3 and salvation seem to follow one kind of, you know, alternate future or whatever. And then the, the TV series seems to be its own kind of thing. So I guess I was more interested in the TV series than the, than the actual sort of events of Terminator salvation. And then I also kind of found it interesting. Like, I don't know, this is like, you know, whatever way old spoilers or something for something that, 
can't be spoiled because it didn't happen in the movie, but I always thought it was kind of interesting that they originally ended, or they originally planned to end the movie with uh, John Connor having been killed, and then he was going to be a Terminator. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was just going to be like, you know, a term, you know, basically that Marcus guy was going to be dressed up as John Connor, you know, just to inspire the resistance, but he wasn't, you know, it's like, I don't know, it was kind of like, one of those kind of Twilight zone ironic twist kind of things that never came to fruition, but it would have been kind of like, oh, they were fighting to, you know, they're sending guys back in time to kill something that isn't even the cause of their destruction, basically, or whatever, you know? So, like, things like that could play with your head as a big mind fuck. but um, why didn't anyway. Why didn't they go in that direction? That was the- I, guess, I guess much like much like Captain Adam being Monarch got leaked way back in the day with Armageddon 2001, I, I guess the internets leaked that ending. Like, I guess the script got leaked, and they ended up changing it because of that. Like, I, I don't know if that's, like, the official, you know, like, reason or whatever, but, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like, I guess that ending got spoiled, and they decided to, you know, go in a different direction. You know, I don't know if it was because... You know, they they didn't like the way that ending. You know, like that that you know maybe with test audiences that ending played too bleak. Like you know, it's kind of like you know you make a movie about you know the lead guy and then it's kind of depressing. The lead guy dies and it's not really him. You know, like so I and, and to me I kind of said like well that's kind of a mind fuck. And I guess today's day and age you know like the last thing you want to do is mind fuck your audience I suppose because they all want to have everything handed to them on a silver platter, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that that ending seems to have a little more bite to it. Like, Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know how well that would have gone over. That's that's why I just thought it was kind of, to me, it was interesting because it didn't seem like a typical, you know, happy Hollywood ending or whatever, you know, where the dog gets up and he's okay. It's like, Whoa, and everybody's like, yay. Have you guys ever seen the uh, alternate ending for Terminator 2? What, when, like, the good, there's a good future? Like uh, I forgot. Oh yeah, you, like they, what they like yeah, save. The, it, it's like he's like Senator John or something like that. Yeah, it's like uh, old Sarah. You know, she's like old, gray headed, and she's like sitting on a park bench, and she's like, you know, John's a senator now, and we stop the Terminators, and it you know, just kind of ends. It, it's not a very long alternate ending. But yeah, but it's just more like they what they did actually worked instead of just delayed it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of, I, I guess because they were, they, I think that was made because, like, Cameron was kind of trying to say he put a cap on the whole thing. Like, he made the original, and then he told all the story he had to tell, you know, basically. But I guess, you know, there's always there's always room for sequelization. Skynet is the virus. It's the reason everything's falling apart. Skynet has become self-aware. In one hour, it will initiate a massive nuclear attack on its enemy. What enemy? Us! Humans! Is there, like, because of all the time travel and all that, is there, like, sort of a, like, Terminator, like, canon, kind of? Like, or is it all, like, you know, alternate timelines, like, spun off and stuff now? I used to, I mean, I used to think, like, with the first two movies, it was, you know, a kind of canon time frame, you know, like, but... Like when I when I when you start reading like all the different versions of stuff that happens in the comics and then comics that are made before Terminator Two came out, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like it has 
Star Wars syndrome of they didn't know that, like, Darth Vader was Princess Leia's father, so then there's some, like, you know, creepy scene where Darth Vader's like, oh, you sexy Princess Leia, and you're like, ah, <laughs> you know, or, you know I'm, not, I'm not saying that's exactly what happened in the Marvel comics, but, like, things like that happen where, where you know, there's things that people just didn't know about while they were writing you know, a licensed property. And so, like, like for an example of that, I mean, I guess we'll, we can jump ahead to talk about different things like the comics, but, like, in the in the Now comics, like, those were written before Terminator 2 ever came out. So, like, in, in those, it's kind of weird because Skynet is, like, I, I don't know, it's, like, they're, they're not, like, the best written comics at first, and the art's pretty poor, but, like, Skynet is almost like this Machiavellian, I don't know how to explain it, it's very, it's very, uh, personified, like, it, it's almost like, I'm Skynet, and I'm gonna make myself look like Bugs Bunny, but laugh evilly, and, you know, like, kill humans and stuff, you know, it's like, it's almost like it was very, you know, like a personified kind of, you know, like, you know, just mustache twisting evil computer in a way and then i guess they had these like human farms where they would actually get the skin for like a t800 from a real human being hmm. like that that was some of the the stuff that they had as their plot where it's like we gotta free all these prisoners it's like why do they have prisoners like why would machines keep prisoners because because they can't synthesize human skin dun 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 you know and like funny stuff like that was going on in some of those early issues. And then, like, when John Connor finally shows up in the Now comics, uh, like, I kind of wanted to make this joke, but it's like, it's like, imagine a guy with the physique of He-Man, but the character design of, like, rock and roll from G.I. Joe. And that was, like, that was, like, the first time you ever, like, saw John Connor. I mean, if you were just reading those comic books. You know, so it's like, he's just, like, this total, you know, buff cable badass dude or whatever you know that's like you know ready to shoot down terminators and stuff like that but then like you know then you get to like t2 and they have that like you know future scene where john connor's like kind of like this gruff old guy and he's got the scar across his face and everything like that so as like the license would change hands they either you know like i think what dark horse did was kind of wise because they seemed to tell stories about people you know they did side stories where they told stories about people that weren't necessarily directly related to the i guess you'd say like the canon of the the films you know that they were kind of like just side stories that dealt with other resistance fighters and other terminators girls are complicated terminator the sarah connor chronicles the all-new season begins this september on fox what about you guys? Did you ever watch, like, the Sarah Connor Chronicles TV series? Like, I know I watched that, like, all the time, but I was a big fan of, like, Summer Glau and stuff like that, and I kind of watched it pretty religiously. But I know, obviously, like, the ratings weren't that great, and it ended up getting canceled after season, so I'm not sure if you guys watched it. I, I watched most of the first season. Like, I was pretty into it there for a while. Um, I was going to ask, did it get canceled because of the ratings, or was it because of that writer's strike? Like I didn't well, the writers, the, the reason why it only had nine episodes was because of the writer's strike. Like, ah. the, the writer's strike happened, like, that's why it kind of, like, the season kind of got cut short. Like, it, it probably would have had, you know, 13 episodes or something had the writer's strike not happened. Do you know what I mean? So, like, whatever was left over, like, because of those nine episodes, like, they always said, like, oh, well, whatever we had planned for those remaining four episodes, we'll put into the second season, or, you know, supposedly that's, 
that was the intention, you know, that, that whatever plot threads they had left hanging from there. But, you know, I guess by the time, you know, it's like, it's kind of, it seemed like everything around there sort of suffered a little bit. Like even, I remember watching like Smallville season seven, you know, where he and Lex have like that final showdown and I don't know. It just seemed like it kind of weak sauce because everything had to be like, oh, we're going on strike. Everything's closing down. Let's finish this shit up real quick, you know. And everything kind of felt a little phoned in, you know, when when that happened, at least on the shows I was watching. I, I always wanted to watch it, but I never got a chance to. But how, how many episodes did it last altogether? I think it, it'd be somewhere in the 30s because, like, there was probably, like, 20-something episodes in the second season. Like, the second season had, like, a full you know, like, 20-something episodes, and then there were, like, nine episodes from that initial, you know, mid-season filler show type, you know, season or whatever. Okay, so that's so, not so, so probably, bad. I don't know, probably 31 or something like that, I'm guessing. You know, 22 and 9, probably. Something like that. But, um, you know, it's, it, it, you know, the only thing that's disappointing is, obviously, since it was canceled, you know, it, it's not like it has any solid, you know, kind of like Dollhouse or... Angel or Firefly or what? It's not like it ends where it's like ta-da. It's it's wrapped up in a nice neat bow. You know, it kind of ends on a cliffhanger like most most uh, you know untimely canceled shows. That's too bad. I, I remember losing track of it at one point, and I remember you know seeing commercials for the second season and trying to like remember to watch it. And uh, I especially wanted to watch the second season because I know um, uh, Shirley mentioned from. Uh, the band garbage yeah. was on it, and I'm like, I love. Yeah, that, that that was something I thought was funny. It was I was like, oh, the chick who's the lead singer in Garbage is like a T1000, you know? Like, I'm like, okay, that's weird. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to check it out because I like her and I like the band. I'm like, I don't know if she's gonna be a good actress, but I'll ch- I'll check it out. But I, I never I never did get to check it out. Come and play hide and seek, mommy. I'm working. But you promised. Patience is a virtue, Savannah. To tolerate delay. It implies self-control and forbearance, as opposed to wanting what we want when we want it. Something to think about. Yeah, I was surprised. Like, I didn't think she was... I thought she was pretty good, actually. Like, like I guess I kind of have that ingrained thing in me where I was like, what, you're going to let Dennis Rodman act? You know, like <laughs> that, where I like, out about stuff like that. But then, uh, you know, I was kind of... And I kind of applied that to her, because I'm like, oh, she's just the lead singer of Garbage. But I thought she was, you know... I thought she was fine. Like, I, I, you know, overall, I thought the show was pretty good. I mean, you know, you had like, um, you know, you had uh, uh, David Silver from 90210. You know, you had Brian Austin Green, but he was playing, um, he was playing Derek Reese, who, who actually has the same spelling as my name. Derek Reese, Kyle Reese's uncle. Which, interestingly enough, if you like read some, some of the, the comics, comics and stuff, like you were talking about how there's, is there a continuity or canon and stuff? I know there's some comics where they're like, hi, my name's like Fluffy Reese. I'm, you know, your brother or whatever. You like, know, like in the comics or, where, you know, it's like some other name other than Derek, like, but that's still his brother. So there's always, they, they always seem to play with the idea of there are other Reese's out there. Type thing, so, and that's something they played with in the uh, the TV series. But the thing that I thought was interesting was like I guess all the comics, you know, like you know whether it's like something that James Robinson wrote or some of those later comics by Dynamite, you know, they all either seem to be inspired by the movie or sometimes they pre-inspire things, you know, because it's like you had two films with Arnold as, as the Terminator and everything, and then by the third film, you know, you ha- you finally had like a female you know, Terminator, which was the TX, but there were, like, 
plenty of female Terminators in the Dark Horse series long before, you know, that movie rolled around. And then conversely, like, the Dynamite stuff, I guess when the TV series was airing and you had Summer Glau as a, as a Terminator, like, I noticed they did the crossover with uh, Painkiller Jane and the female Terminator in that, like, obviously, like, she looked a lot more uh, voluptuous, I guess, you know, because it was a comic book. But to me, it reminded me a lot of, you know, she had the dark, long hair and she was, a, you know, basically one of those kind of T-800 type, you know, designs and stuff like that. So, I, you know, to me, I couldn't help but think of, um, of Summer Glau, you know, when I was reading that Terminator fighting with uh, Painkiller Jane in the, the Dynamite stuff. That, that's one of those things that, like, me and my friends always kind of, like, played around with. Like, whenever we were, like, talking Terminator and we would do our own, like, you know, sequel ideas, like, we'd be like, man, wouldn't it be cool if the, the you know, Terminator in the next movie was a chick? Yeah, yeah I think great. I think it's one of those things where like great, you know whatever great minds think alike or you know everybody kind of I I think it seemed like a natural progression where everybody at some point had certain similar ideas and and one of them was obviously hey well, let's make the Terminator a female I think that's also one of the things that like people kind of like don't really care for Terminator three so much is you know it had been like what uh, ten years or more at least between two and three. And by that time, you know, people have their own ideas about what they want to see for a sequel. So when they're presented with something different, they're just kind of like, I don't quite know if I like this because it's not going to match what they've had up in their brain and whatever. Yeah, yeah. I try and remember the world the way it used to be, but it gets harder every day. So many different stories of defeat. So many faces of death. Remembering the way things were used to give me hope. But the truth is, I'm starting to lose faith. So what about the, uh, like, I know I've been playing some uh, some Terminator Salvation on the PS3. Uh, I actually went and got that game uh, in anticipation of the podcast. And, you know, it's a pretty fun game. It's kind of like a, uh, you know, just kind of like a, a, you know, Gears of War type, you know, you're... Uh, you know, third person running around, you know, shooting stuff up with your, you know, teammates or whatever. And usually, you're, you know, you're running into like, you know, T-600s and things like that along the way and doing different missions and stuff. And sometimes there's like hunter killers and different things, you know, floating around. Um, of course, me being a non-gamer, you know, I, I ran into that spot where I, I guess I'm at the point where like you're in a hunter killer and, you know, you've hot-wired it, you know, because you're John Connor and you're super hacker. And so you're rolling it along and you're taking out all these turrets and everything. But I guess, you know, the idea is I'm supposed to take out all these turrets and all these hunter killers and stuff. But I guess I just keep getting shot up, you know, like eventually, like, my stupid machine overheats and I have to, you know, start the level over. And, you know, after I do that, like, four or five times, I kind of you know, get tired of playing the same level. You know, once I waste more than an hour doing that, like, I kind of get frustrated and just, you know, put it down and maybe I'll come back to it. But these days, like, I guess I'm a little less patient than I used to be. Or, you know, sometimes at that point I would turn it over to who I consider, like, a gamer buddy and be like, here, beat this. Like, I can't, I can't do it. it." So, but, um, I mean, are, are there any, like, old video games that you guys want to talk about, whether it's, like, from, like, Nintendo or the arcade systems or anything now? Or Let's go! Nice shot. 
I used to play Terminator 2 Judgment Day for NES. Like, I I played it quite a bit, but neither me nor my cousin could get past the stage where the semi is chasing you. Like, we never could get past that for some reason, so we just, like, got frustrated with it. Um, I played RoboCop vs. Terminator for Super Nintendo quite a bit. Oh, okay. okay. Um, it's been a long time since I've played it, but I don't remember much about it. But I just remember it being a pretty fun game, and, you know, I always liked that comic tie-in as well. Yeah, yeah, I liked I liked the comic series. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I liked the art and everything like that. It was uh, Walt Simonson stuff, and you know, I thought that was cool. There, there, there's a newer one that just came out too. That was kind of, it was, it was a little more gritty, I guess, or like I, I don't know. It felt like it, the the I think the new one, I think it's from Dynamite. Like it came out and it was like it, it just felt like everything was. Um, how do I put it? Like, it, it reminded me of, like, Spawn, like, on HBO, like, where everything was, like, gritty, and, and, and it's like, we're going to use curse words because we can, you know, like, like where it's like, you know, like, they're they're killing people and stuff, and I guess the Terminators are coming after them, and he's like, you motherfuck, fuck, fucker, you know, or whatever, like, it's just, you <laughs> You're know, the it's frag, like, the frag, the frag, and frag. Yeah, it was just like, it just felt like they got off on, like, you know, saying curse words because they could, or, you know, it's like, oh, wait, we can show titties on this channel, let's show them all the time, you know, and you're just kind of like, you know, you, yeah, I don't know, to me it seemed a little gratuitous, the the new one, I think it's, what is it, like, RoboCop Hunter Kill or something like that, I forget exactly what it was called, but, um, you know, it was it was a little bit much, but uh, I, I kind of like the original one, and, and uh, that's cool that you, so you played it on, uh, what'd you say, SNES, the video game? Yeah. Yeah. And me and my buddies were always disappointed that they never made a RoboCop versus Terminator film because that's what we were expecting. Like growing up, we had all these expectations for these great movies that were never made, like um, RoboCop versus Terminator. We were expecting that. We were expecting Alien versus Predator back in the you know early to mid '90s, and we were also expecting Freddy versus Jason. But it seems like you know. Two of those got made, but it was like, you know, ten years later. Yeah, it took them a while before they got some decent scripts for some of those, too, I guess. So. It was too late. So what about you, Mike? Did you play any, like, Terminator-type video games, either recently or maybe maybe in the, the past or anything like that? I can remember playing, like, Terminator versus RoboCop for Super NES, but I don't really have any, like, specific memories of it. I do have, like fond memories of playing like the Terminator arcade game like in yeah, uh, what do you yeah call, that was with cool. the fixed guns and stuff and yeah the, like the judgment day and then you you know it, it had Arnold's voice box in the the you know yeah and like the arcade. stupid the stupid uh, endoskeletons that would pop up right in front of you and like yeah, you yeah. and you couldn't do anything about it and you're like Come or like on. or like the the stupid the stupid bitch who was always part of your resistance team but you'd accidentally shoot her and she'd be like yeah. no no <laughs> yeah no it kept, yeah, it keeps like, be like well then get the fuck out of my way then <laughs> yeah it keeps shot. flashing like human casualty human casualty yeah. no! no that that was pretty cool i never got to finish that i don't think i had enough quarters or whatever yeah. I, I didn't go apeshit on that like the uh the teenage Mutant ninja turtle game but uh yeah i did enjoy playing it it was always good to like you know mow down some terminators before you went into the movies or you know wherever wherever you were playing that Terminator 1. Excellent. Now, did anybody, because um, I, I know it's not, I don't think it's in Hollywood anymore, but I was surprised because when I looked it up, I guess it's still at Universal Studios Orlando. 
Um, but did, has anybody watched the Terminator 2 3D show here? Negative. No. It's like it's like one of those theme park like it's not really it's it's not a ride but it's kind of like you know it's kind of like Star Tours or something like that where you you know you go in and then you know there's somebody there like on a view screen like basically going welcome to Cyberdyne like we're going to show you how we're going to make you know machines that will kill us all someday <laughs> like come along for the tour you know and it's supposed to be like all you know like you know realistic and then I guess like you know Linda Hamilton and that. Eddie Furlong, like, hack into the feed, you know, so you're watching it on the view screen, and it's like, you know, you guys are all crazy, like, these fucking machines are gonna kill you, and stuff, and then, you know, then they, they, you know, obviously unhack it, and get the feedback, and they're like, oh, those were just some crazy people, like, come on into the theater, and sit down, and enjoy yourselves, and stuff, and so then you're, basically, it's like, you're supposed to sit there, and since it's like 3D, like, they, you know, you have all these glasses, and everything, but they're like, oh, we're gonna introduce you, like, to the new, you know, the new models of our, you know, our new robots or whatever, but you need these to, uh, you know, to, I forget what they called it, but it's like, you know, basically you're like, oh, you need this to, like, shield your eyes or whatever, like, put this on or something like that. So, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I, I was just looking at the wiki. They say, put on your safety visors, you know, like, make sure your <laughs> safety visors are on or whatever. But anyway, you put on your 3D glasses, and it, it was kind of cool, like, James Cameron directed the you know, the segments with, like, the, the it's like the, the T, you know, 10 million or whatever the hell it is, you know, like that, basically, like, Arnold fights and stuff. And so it was kind of a cool little, you know, like, if, if you've seen stuff like Star Tours or, like, the Back to the Future ride and things like that, it's kind of it's kind of along those lines and stuff. And yours? It was my college roommate. So uh, what about toys? Does anybody have anything on toys, like, for Terminator toys and stuff like that? I had quite a few, like, Terminator 2 toys, like, growing up. Um, I'm trying to remember what all the ones I had. Most of the ones I had had some kind of gimmick. Like, I know I had Arnold with, like, uh, like one of his arms was, like, a missile launcher or something. And uh, I want to say there was one that had, like, you know, caps, like you would put in a cap gun. Like, I think it was one of those. And, oh, okay, um, okay. You know, your, your avatar is uh, an endoskeleton. I think I had one of those endoskeleton guys. Yeah, I was looking that up because I, I had the, it, it's, I guess, the technical title for the Kenner Terminator 2 line. It's called the Techno Punch Terminator. So I guess you could, like, you know, wind up the torso and then, you know, you're supposed to put it in a position where his fist could, like, you know, slam out or whatever. And then it kind of has those, what I call, like, the dark side omega beam eye effect where, you know, they, they have a little sort of sunroof, you know, where. Oh, like the, the light head, piping? Yeah, so the light piping goes in through the top of the, you know, the Terminator's, you know, forehead, and then that makes his, you know, his eyes light up like they, they would in the films and stuff. One of my buddies had that um, Terminator 2, uh, you know, Cyberdyne, make your own uh, Terminator factory playset. But, oh, okay, yeah. But uh, whenever I'd go over to his house and we'd play with our toys and stuff, he, he would never, like, play with it. Every time I'd go over, I'm like, come on, man, let's make a Terminator. It's going to be awesome. He's like, no, no, we, we, we can't play with that. I'm like, why did you get this? Why, why do you have this great little playset <laughs> well, if you're never going to use it? Why do you have this if you're never going to use it? Yeah. He's like, I'd rather, no, I'd rather play with this cup and ball. You don't know where this crazy ball is going to go. <laughs> yeah, it looks like here they're calling it the bio-flesh regenerator. Is that the same playset, Justin? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Usually, though, we would just end up having, like, we would make our own, like, big toy crossovers because... He had like a bunch of the alien 
figures from like Alien, you know, Aliens and Alien Three at the time. So we would just have our own big, like, huge mess, kind of like the Alien Predator Terminator comic. Oh yeah, yeah. God, that was that That was was kind of well, that was pretty awful. Yeah, Yeah. it's like what's funny is I think all the Dark Horse comics before they lost the license to Marvel are really, really good. And then, like, after that, like, you know, they're mostly just... I think Malibu had the license for a little while, and then and then Dark Horse must have gotten it back or something, because they did a lot of crossover stuff. It was like Dark Horse did a, a Terminator versus Superman thing, where, like, you know, the cyborg Superman wants to, like, hook up with the Terminators and become, like, the master you know, form of machine life or whatever and that kind of thing, and they're trying to kill John Connor and stuff. And then, like, Steel is part of, like, the resistance in the future, working with John or mm. something like that, you know? Like, it wasn't it wasn't a bad book or anything, but it was just, like, one of those things where, you know, you're kind of like, you know, there there was that, and then, and then I read that, you know, what you were just talking about, like, the aliens versus Predator versus Terminator thing. And then I guess probably because it's set, in like the error post alien resurrection, it's like I'm just kind of like, Ugh. how does that even work? <laughs> like, it's like Ripley, Ripley's all like uh, down and out and living in like some slum on Earth, and then like Call comes back to get her, you know, and she's like, oh, you gotta like come with us and like I don't know, save the world or something, crap, and then like I think uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember, but basically like Terminators like. They they sort of went into hibernation for a little while, where it's like there's this one scientist dude, but then he's like an undercover Terminator, and basically he's trying to like splice alien DNA into a new batch of Terminators, and so then they become like Terma later alien laters or whatever, you know, <laughs> like they become like all hybridy and shit, and uh, yeah, and then and then like then the predators come on and they're like we smell like you know, badness here and we want to kill it, you know? And then, like, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden, like they smell Ripley and they're like, well, you're party alien. So we kind of want to kill you, but then wait a minute. And then Ripley's like, well, wait, no, we're going to go kill all these guys together. And then they like team up with Ripley. And then, and then all of a sudden, like the Terminator alien laters, like they, they get smelled by like the real aliens and stuff. And then the real aliens are killing the Terminator later aliens and, Everything's just going ape shit, and it's just kind of like, who wrote this shit? Like, it's just, I don't know. It was just, it was just really, uh, I don't know. It was kind of hokey. So. It, it's one of those things where I'm like at the comic book store, and I see it. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be great. And then you read it, and you're like, oh, why did I read that? I can't unread yeah. it. It wasn't, it wasn't anything that great. Like, I'd say, I'd say the stuff I like, like, it, it's like the first couple Terminator Dark Horse series, like, there, James Robinson wrote a couple of them, like, Secondary Objectives. Like, those were pretty cool, I thought. And, uh, you know, it kind of followed, like, a different cast of characters. Like, ironically, I think they were written before Terminator 2 Judgment Day, but one of the lead female characters that was a resistance fighter, like, kind of looks a lot like Linda Hamilton ended up looking, I think. So I don't know if that ended up being conscious the longer they ended up doing the series, you know, like they tried to make her look more and more like Linda Hamilton or if it was just a coincidence or whatever, but that that was something that I kind of noticed or whatever. And then, uh, you know, like I, I kind of like that Terminator Infinity thing from Dynamite. I think my, you said like you kind of took a look through it once because Simon Furman wrote that where they had like the, the T-Infinity and he's like the time 
you know, it, it, it reminded me a lot of Time Storm Terminator yeah. almost. Yeah, know? like Galvatron and stuff, yeah. Yeah, like that. It just kept coming back in time, and it, it was kind of like Nimrod from from the X-Men, you know, like those kind of... I, yeah, I really got that vibe, too. I got a, like, kind of Days of the Future Past vibe from that series. I, I actually went back and read it for this podcast, and yeah, that, I liked it, yeah. And I liked, uh, uh, what do you call it? There's a sequel to it, too, that Furman also wrote. I think it's called Revolution, uh, Terminator oh, okay. Revolution, which I didn't read it, but I was, like, I, I wikied it, and I guess it's notable for having, like, uh... I guess, like, uh, Kyle Reese, John Connor, and, like, Sarah Connor all in the same, like, room at the same time or something. Like, Uh, but but they're all from, like, different time periods or something. Like, it's like, like, Kyle's younger than John and, like, Sarah's older than, like, it's all messed up and stuff, but... But yeah, I, I liked Infinity. It's kind of uh, it's kind of funny, like you know, it, it kind of like starts off with like Kate Brewster dead and stuff, but like you know, obviously that's like undone by Salvation. So it's right, like, right, yeah. right, yeah. Of course, if you go by like the TV series, then maybe he never marries Kate Brewster in the first place and is off screwing a Terminator. Like who knows, <laughs> you know? Well, given the choice between yeah. Summer and um, Claire Danes. I'm going to pick Summer, like, 99.9% of the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, well, obviously. But then what if it's, um, what if it's uh, Ron Howard's, what if Gwen it's Stacey. Opie's little girl? Yeah. yeah. What, what if it's Opie's little girl? Like, then, then maybe it's different. <laughs> Catherine Booster. I just found it funny in, like, the Infinity comic that, like, of course John Connor gets in a giant mech suit at the end to fight, you know. It's like, oh, Simon Furman has to, like, work in some giant robots or something. Yeah, yeah. He gets inside of a giant robot T-Rex. Fights Terminator. One thing I wanted to mention, though, speaking of that, is I think a Death's Head Terminator uh, crossover would work really well. Like, because time-traveling robot, well, I guess Death's Head doesn't really have a voice yet, but... I always always think of him as the guy from... uh... From Clockwork Orange, you know, like six two four seven four seven four one. You know, like <laughs> you've been doing a bit of the old nastiness, Alex boy. Yes, <laughs> like that's, that's always that's the only person I've ever heard to use that phrase in the same way. So I always imagine like Death's Head being like, "You're John Connor." Yes, it's like Skynet could like hire him hire. to go back in time and kill John Connor. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be fun. And then like, Ar- and then Arnold's there, the good, the good Arnold T eight hundred to like smack some sense into him. Well, before we sign off, like there are rumors that uh, there's going to be another Terminator film, and Arnold's going to be back in some capacity. Like, wh- what do you guys think about that? And like, what what are your guys' uh, ideas for like a next the next film? Like, what would you like to see? I mean, I, I thought it was pretty cool when they had him cameo. You know, I know it was just like a CGI, like face mold or whatever, but I like that one part where, you know, Bale was like sort of face to face with the Arnold, you know, 101 model or whatever. So I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, I mean, you know, I know, I know all these guys are kind of getting up there in years, so maybe they should figure out something, you know, something other than Data's got a skunk head of hair and <laughs> yeah. he's getting fat or whatever, but. You know, other than that, like, I, I, I guess I don't have too much of a problem with that. Yeah, it wouldn't be too bad. 
Well, maybe it would be bad, but you know, it, it would be it would be cool to see at least. Okay, maybe it wouldn't be cool to see, but you know, you, you get what I mean. <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah, I, I think if if he's gonna come back, they need to like figure out something, some kind of you know limited role or screen time or put some CGI on him or something that kind of makes sense of you know like well you know. Arnold's not exactly how he was, you know, for, you know, even Terminator 3. I mean, a lot of people right. will say, like, he wasn't as good in, in good a shape as he was in 3s and 2. But, like, I've actually watched 3 with the commentary, and Arnold talks about, like, you know, he's like, I really wanted to get back in shape. And he talks about, you know, this whole regimen he did. And he's like, you know, he thinks he was, like, he looked as good in 3 as he did in 2. And, you know, there, there's some other people that are like, yeah, yeah, Arnold, you know, you, you did. Thank and you. And maybe they could come up with something where yeah. it's like, this character was the map for the 101 model, but he's really, you know, Jack Stephanopoulos or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in the Terminator 3, like, deleted scenes, there's a deleted scene where you've got Arnold playing, I think his name's like, some kind, he's like some kind of general or something. And, you know, he, you know, this general looks like Arnold, but he's like, basically, I think they're trying to say his body is the basis. Oh, that general's body. Yeah, so maybe you could have that general character come back or something like that. You know who I always feel bad for is, uh, what's his face, uh, Michael Bean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, he's always, like, I always read in interviews how he was like, when he first made that first Terminator movie, he was like, all like, oh man, I'm the hero of this movie, and like, I'm going to be so popular after this, and you know, <laughs> and it turned out like it turned out that everyone just loved Arnold from it, pretty much. Michael Bean's a cool, but like, he's always been cool in like, you know, Aliens or Tombstone, like, even though he was the bad guy in that, oh, like, yeah. he's always been a good, he's always been a good, you know character actor and stuff like that like i've always liked michael bean i remember back in the day when they were talking about like james cameron will do the x-men like everybody's like michael bean for cyclops bro <laughs> like it wasn't wasn't like they were talking about wolverine everybody's like michael bean is cyclops you know? so i was like that's cool like back in the day i was like i would i would have i would have been happy with that me and my friends were like arnold would be a great colossus like that's perfect man time to go right now So I guess uh, preemptive apologies on the time displacement nature of this podcast and how we were kind of all over the place. But we're just talking about Terminator. I was kind of giddy and excited about it. Um, I know, uh, you know, we we all had our own things to contribute to the Terminator podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, check out the uh, check out the comics and the video games and some of the toys if you like reminiscing about that kind of stuff. And obviously, there's you know the four movies and the two seasons of the. Sarah Connor Chronicles television series. If you dig Summer Glau like we do, you know, like that's a good thing to check out. And then uh, I guess we'll um, we'll go into our awesome thing this week. It's our traditional. We do it all the time, so we just kind of talk about something that's awesome in our world this week. And uh, I guess I'll go ahead and start off with uh, Mr. Barber. What's going on, man? What's awesome in your world this week? Uh, I watched some pretty good movies. Uh, the first one is uh, it's out on DVD now. It's called Red Tails, and you may have uh, you may remember hearing about this. You know, George Lucas had some involvement with it, and he was. This is one of those projects where he's always talked about this, even since before the prequels, where he wanted to make this film and direct it, but he ended up not directing it. But apparently, he did like some second unit unit directing work or something. But anyway. Um, Red Tails is about the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, 
you know, and their ordeals and what they go through to try and, be, you know, be pilots. You know, it's um, basically the uh, War Department is just putting them on these, like, you know, very low priority missions of, like, sweeping, you know, land that's already been, like, you know, completely uh, wiped out of enemy uh, soldiers or whatever. But uh, it was a really good film. I really enjoyed it. It's a good war film. Um, another movie I watched, I watched uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. And it was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was It's kind of a mix of, like, Penn's Labyrinth and Princess Mononoke. Um, I know a lot of people, like, kind of poo-pooed it because of uh, uh, Kristen Stewart is in it. She's, like, the Snow White. Um, I don't really have a problem with her. Like, I never, I've never watched those Twilight movies, but I never really had a problem with her. I thought she was actually pretty good in this, and... Uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth is in it as the, the Huntsman, and he he's pretty good in it as well. Um, does she like Does she like use like all the other dwarves against each other? Like, is she like, but Grumpy Dwarf, like I like you the best, and then she's like, no, but but uh, you know, Sleepy, Sleepy, you're the awesomest. And then like Sleepy and Grumpy are like, I hate you, like go back to your family. Just, what, what, what team were you on, Justin? Team Grumpy or Team Sleepy? <laughs> Uh, I didn't choose sides. There, there are some. She has some nice moments with like two or three of the dwarves. Like you know, there's seven of them, and only a, like only like maybe three of them get like any good screen time. Um, so you don't really get like a good like hold on the characters of some of the dwarves. But they're pretty cool. Like they have a good, they have like some good action scenes and and throughout the movie. But it, it was a pretty good film. Um, and just really quick, I'll mention I watched Men in Black 3, and I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> it's like it's not as funny as the first one, but it's definitely a lot better than the second one. Like I, I had a really good time watching it. So, you know, if if you liked the first one, and you know, you, maybe the second one kind of soured you, the third one will bring you back, and you'll enjoy it. Um, but like a lot of reviewers are saying, I will point this out. Tommy Lee Jones is only in it for maybe. 15 minutes tops. He's in. He's kind of like Taylor, you know, Charlton Heston in Beneath the Planet of the Apes. He's in. He's in the beginning for a few minutes, and then at the end for a few minutes. That stinks. Oh well. But like Heston, the fate of the world depends on him. <laughs> nice. So what about you, Mike? What's your uh, What's your awesome thing for this week? Uh, we might have a similar thing, as I was going to say. I saw Prometheus last night, and I know you did too. And I yes, I, I did. I enjoyed it quite a, a good deal. It was, uh, I thought it was a more cerebral like sci-fi movie, and uh, you know, like a lot of I, the criticisms I read, it like you know, why did this happen, and why did that happen, and why did this happen? But I felt like it was more of a like you know, showing not telling movie. Like I thought everything was pretty obvious if you were like paying attention so you know i guess, I guess more perceptive mu- movie viewers will be more rewarded by it yeah it seemed like it seemed like a lot of the criticism i don't know i i, I wasn't sure what people were expecting but I, I i feel like it is the same vein as ridley scott's alien you know like it, it seemed to have similar uh you know th- there were beats and moments that you know, while not identical, you know, if you enjoyed that film, you know, I would think you would enjoy uh, 
Prometheus as well. I I haven't seen it yet, but like, where would you guys put this? Like, is it on the le- same level as Alien and Blade Runner, or is it like you know, like one of his lesser films? I, I you know what's funny is I kind of like. I mean, I I was talking to Brian about this you know long before we were doing this podcast, but I kind of like a lot of Ridley Scott's films. Like, I don't think I've had that many problems with. I mean, I haven't seen all of them, obviously, mm. but it's like I really like Blade Runner a lot. Yeah. Like, I do like Alien, and you know, I like things like Legend or even Black Hawk Down or yeah. American Gangster. Like, I liked those movies. I thought they were all pretty well-done movies. Like, yeah. usually he has pretty solid actors in them and everything. And, you know, the, the only thing that Brian, like, caught me on was he's like, you like G.I. Jane? And I'm kind of like, well, I'm all, it was a good movie, I suppose, but I don't know that I, you know, was particularly interested in the subject matter, but that doesn't mean, like, he didn't do a good job directing it, you know? Yeah. But, like, there were, you know, movies like that, and I guess I've never seen the new, you know, Robin Hood, and, and I heard bad things about that one movie with, uh, with Legolas in it, like whatever the hell that movie was called. Oh, Kingdom of Heaven? Yeah, that, yeah. Like if, I, that, if you watch yeah. the director's cut, it's actually pretty good. Okay, okay. So, but, you know, so like that that's kind of where I am with that. Like, like, where do I rank Prometheus among all those? Like, well, because it's in space, like, it's got to go, like, straight up there. But <laughs> I'd, I'd probably say I like, uh, I like uh, you know, the Blade Runner better than Prometheus. But... I mean, I, I'd kind of put it around, you know, maybe a little bit below Alien, you know, like, you know, as far as, like, those kind of films, you know. So, I, I'm, you know, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I thought it was thought-provoking and, you know, kind of, you know, it kind of makes your brain tick and, you know, you start to think about some stuff and, you know, you, you see it with a couple of people and it should, I mean, hopefully the idea is it provokes some interesting discussion amongst folks, you know, about the, the topics the film raises. Like, that's what I would hope, but... You know, if, but if people are going in there expecting, uh, you know, James Cameron and guns blazing and, you know, xenomorphs, you know, Game splattering over, all over the place, like that's, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> not what it is. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like that, that was a great sequel, you know, but it's not, I, I think, I think Ridley Scott's more concerned about what he did than what anybody else has done with that franchise, you know. Magneto was really good in it. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was good. He was a good, good, uh, a good David. <laughs> good David. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, my awesome thing. Um, I, I was just going to say that my awesome thing was going to be that I got some shit off my list. Like, you know how we always talk about, like, you know, that's on my list, you know, and, that, you know, basically that means, like, we're never going to read it, but I actually got some stuff off my list, so I'm kind of happy about that. Um, I finished reading uh, Punisher Max. Um, I I sort of was following it a couple of years ago and sort of lost track of it, and I had always meant to finish it. And, uh, you know, I think if you kind of turn your brain off as far as the, the continuity goes, you know, like, not try to tie it into any you know, 616 Marvel stuff, obviously, like, you know, because if you try to do that, your head will explode and hurt and all that stuff, but I thought it was pretty good, like, I enjoyed it, it was kind of, I don't know, I've heard some people describe it as the, uh, the, uh, sort of, you know, uh, for the man who has everything, or, or whatever happened to the man of tomorrow, for, like, you know, Superman, like the last Superman story, you know, like, but this is kind of like the last Punisher story or whatever. And, you know, I guess I could kind of see it like that. It's also a little bit kind of like the Dark Knight Returns where they kind of deal with how, you know, like the Punisher in real time, like how, 
how aged he is and how long he's been, you know, fighting that kind of fight against crime and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, did you know, they, basically... Do they keep his, like, he was in Vietnam origin? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, or? yeah. That's, that, it seemed like the way they tried to take it was, like, uh, I was not a big fan of Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider run, but, like, the, the Punisher run I thought was pretty good. And, like, it seemed like he was trying to say that basically everything that happened in the Garth Ennis run, he, his was, like, a continuation of that run. So, you know, obviously you would see references back to Vietnam and like like the miniseries Born or something like that, you know the 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 Nick Fury that's in that series is pretty much the Nick Fury that's in the Max Garth Ennis Fury series. Like it's the same guy, you know. Like the the only stuff that kind of makes you scratch your head is you know like you know once they get to like characters like the Kingpin and Elektra and Bullseye, they're kind of like all brand new, you know. So it's basically like all that stuff. It's it's almost like it seemed like the that how do I explain it? Once Confederacy of Dunces happened, like, where they had him fighting all the Marvel guys, it's, like, after that, and it goes into the second Max Punisher series, it's almost like that's a totally separate, like, continuity from the 616 Marvel, but it actually, you know, just acknowledges, you know, his start from, you know, having a tour of duty in Vietnam from, like, what, 67 to 72? Like, I think he did, like, three tours or something like that, and then... You know, and then dealing with him back in, you know, quote unquote, the world, you know, which, you know, is just him, you know, I, I guess, you know, maybe he never ran into Spider-Man and all that other shit. But, you know, it's like him, you know, waging his one man war on crime and stuff. So but I thought it I thought it was a good run and I, I I'm glad I finished it off. It was I guess I had stopped somewhere around the like after issue eight or issue nine or something like that. And I guess it went up to issue 22. So, so I finished off that run. And then, um, as far as other awesome things, um, with the exception of the last issue of incorruptible, which I don't think has come out yet. I've read the entirety of irredeemable and incorruptible now. So I'm caught up to date on that too, which, you know, was pretty cool to end out and stuff. I thought, I thought incorruptible was a little more political than irredeemable. So there's some stuff I could have done without like reading or, you know, going through in that. But for the most part, it was pretty, it was, it was pretty interesting, like stuff. And I, I liked seeing the fight between the Plutonian and max damage and different things that were going on in that series. So those, those would be my awesome things just that I, I managed to get those off my list. Cool. So I guess that's uh, that's all the time we have for tonight. Uh, hope you join us again on uh, Fan Holes Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, criticisms, email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Blogspot, etc., etc. And uh, so, yeah, I guess uh, have a good night, guys. This is uh, Derek, Derek WC, signing off. It's Michael, and you must lower me in. I cannot self-terminate. This is Grimlock, and you are terminated. And just remember, fanholes will be back. All right, see you guys. Peace. Talk to the hand. Talk to the hand.
Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> nice night for a walk, eh? What Ooh, is your dog's <laughs> name? It's Max. Where's Wolfie? <laughs> your foster parents are dead. 